It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From Variety, celebrating 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. He thinks it's the most ambitious standalone superhero movie ever made. Would you agree with that? Uh, until Doctor Strange 2. Yeah. <laughs> Academy Award nominee Benedict Cumberbatch is throwing down the gauntlet in 2021, and he's taken no prisoners in the process. I'm Clayton Davis. On this bonus edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, we talked to Cumberbatch about his roles in Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog and Will Sharp's The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne, which both screened at this past weekend's Telluride Film Festival. He also discusses his return to Dr. Stephen Strange and the upcoming Spider-Man No Way Home opposite Tom Holland and his own Marvel standalone sequel, Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Talking with the guy with the best fans on social media. Coming up next on the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Benedict Cumberbatch is having one hell of a year, starting it off with an acclaimed performance in Dominic Cook's The Courier, which he also executive produced. He also had two films that screened at this past weekend's Telluride Film Festival. One as the English artist in the whimsical biopic, The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne, and on the other side, a homosexually repressed cowboy in Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog. I spoke with Cumberbatch on the ground in Colorado. We talk about this time in his career, his experiences in the Hollywood industry, and he even manages to give some shade to his friend Tom Holland. But rest assured, it's all in the name of Marvel. Check out our interview. Thanks for taking this time with me. I, you know, me and you have been best friends for a long time. You know, we understand each other (laughs) and what's going on. Uh, Congratulations on having two movies here. Thank you. And just being a very busy guy this year, four movies, and doesn't look like it's slowing down for you. So, I mean, it's kind of a lot of stuff because of COVID, and that's the sort of phenomenon we're entering now, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I I did these films all quite separately, but first the Mauritanian and the Courier come out the same year. The Courier had a staggered release because of COVID, for example. That's a that's a clear indication of that. It was supposed to be released much earlier. And the UK only just now came out. I'm still on the side of buses. It's gravel wind. And then, um, yeah, the, the the double burst of these two films coming out um, pretty pretty hot on each other's heels of uh, The Electrical Life of Larry Wayne and then followed by The Power of the Dog. And to have both at Telluride is just... It's wonderful. Yeah. It's just so wonderful. So I'm... I'm I, it, also because they're utterly different worlds and different characters and there's stuff that I could, I've definitely learned from both of those experiences that is very, very similar in a weird way. But yeah, you couldn't have more different experiences um, as a viewer. I, I, I bumped into some people coming out of uh, Louis Wayne this morning going, oh my God, we were at the Power of the Dark last night and here are Louis. And I was like, what? That's a lot of me in 25 <laughs> But they're so different. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's, cool. that's awesome. Oh, great. I mean, looking looking over your career, and you've been like, you know, we've seen you do a variety of different roles, and you know, you're producing. You know, you have your own production company. 
And I feel like, and maybe I'm just reading into it, I feel like there's a Benedict Cumberbatch directorial thing coming. I feel like there's, like a, there's a hint of it, like we're going to see you one day jump behind the camera. I'd, I'd love to do it. I'd love to do it. I think um, it'll have to be a, a different stage of my private life when my kids are a little older. Um, but no, because it, it's all so, it's all, sorry, it's so all consuming. Um, Yes, and not now. It's been something I've been wanting to do for a long time, though, definitely. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we started talking about all these things happening at once. I, you know, there have been some very nice gaps, which is the way I really like it now, mm-hmm. to be able to intensely focus on a project and then have some proper, proper home time um, yeah. and not miss a heartbeat of, of all the joy of that. Um, and so, yeah, the directorial thing is, is interesting. I have to switch my head off, and it was very helpful being with Jane, although. Uh, I tease her, I say, yeah, it's really, I'm really thrilled how quickly my credit comes up after yours since I directed so much of your film. Because we had a wonderful collaboration and there was a lot of, um, a lot of collaboration, a lot of input from either side. And she's like, you've got to direct one day. You, you've got to direct, which from her is something. Ah. And a lot of directors are like, she, she, she gave you the blessing. So just said it in a completely different context as well. He said, you should do it. You'd be great. I, 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 I'd love um, the idea of bearing witness to an actor's process. And I, I'd, I'd never tire of watching, you know, in an edit. Um, I mean, Maggie was saying this just now, Maggie, again, the whole we having a chat outside. I just could do it all day. I, it's so enjoyable, I agree. I, there's nothing better than watching good acting. Um, and to help someone get there as well, I'd love to facilitate that. And also to all the, all the rest of it, you know, the pacing, the mise-en-scene, the music, the soundscape, all of that. But chief amongst those, um, Experiences that I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to is just to be, you know, surrounded by good actors and uh, and trying to give them different ideas just so that they feel they've thrown it all out in the dance floor. That's awesome. Oh, that's that's great. Um, because you're so busy, and it is, I, I feel this uh, as well. You can get your tea, so we can. Oh, thank you. Yeah, sure. Listeners, this is a tea. A Benedict, tea breaking news headline. <laughs> he drinks hot beverages. Yep, uh, with a green tea, right? Do you want to get that done? Yeah. No, no, I'm good. What's he wearing? Well, today, uh, I'm drinking, no, it's a green tea. It is a green tea. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm learning this part right now. Like as I go, and listen, obviously I'm not an actor, but I'm going deeper into my career. And because I have kids, you know, you, you're do, you, you, as you do so well, you know, you're missing on those the key moments that you want to be part of so bad because you're working. It's like, it's your art, it's your process. Do you find it difficult to kind of balance that out? Because you've been working no, so much. No, I don't no. find it difficult no. to balance that out. No, I've, oh, I've got a wonderful partner in crying there, Miss Sophie. So we're, we're very clear about what our priorities are around family. And that is all I'll say about that. It's such a treasured thing for me to keep that private. Work no, no, please. Yeah. But I, I, I will definitely speak to that. Yeah, I mean, it influences my choices massively now. People say, what do you, what do you, you know, as if it's just, I'm just going to do anything I want. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, well, I do in a way. I'd, I'd want to be with my because it intensifies but like, like like lockdown as well it kind of really intensifies how extraordinarily precious those moments of work are and you, you find a new focus really a new a new um, economy um, and precision in your work you don't waste your time you really really get down to it and that's that's wonderful I think it's good for creativity um, I don't, again I, I I'd love to, but it just becomes an open season if I start talking. Oh, yeah, about sure, it. please. Uh, you, you're a parent, you, you know, it, it, it inspires you in ways you couldn't possibly have imagined. Awesome. Um, well, the, 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 the power of the dog. So you're, 
under the thumb of Miss Jane Campion yes. with a cast that includes um, my, my my ten year old girlfriend Kirsten Dunst. When, 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 I was, <laughs> when I was ten, I loved her, um, and then I waited for her for a long time, and she married Jesse Plemons, and I had to move on. So that was that. But uh, no, you kept Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons. Jesse, though, yeah, I, I love Jesse, and I and she, she, she went for the next best thing. That's okay. Right. That's okay. No, she's a, she's. She's one of those girls that's grown up with a lot of people, and she's an she's an American sweetheart. She really is. She's also just every single time I see her becoming a more fierce and, um, and fearless talent. She's just phenomenal, a real, a, a, really an actress to be reckoned with, and she's a, she's incredible as Rose. She's You're so incredible. mean to her in the movie. So mean, uh, you know. He has his reasons. <laughs> we can get into why, yeah, yeah. why is it, and I yeah. think that's what's really explicitly extraordinary about that character is despite how flagrantly misogynistic and torturous and confrontational angry and bitter he is there is a reason for it he's being driven to these extremes by intense loneliness intense anxiety about not being able to live his true life seeing his brother couple up and him never having been able to do that also the fact that he's built this thing with his brother for 25 years and it's going to go to that that kid really everything I've done mm-hmm. and um, it's it, 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 compounding that is this fear that she is on the make and it can you know, he's blind to the fact that she's a kind person that she's a good person that she's mm-hmm. she's not she's not uh, she's not it's not coming from her scheming you know and I think you know it, 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 what keeps people interested until they discover more about Phil is the massive amount of vulnerability that's in all that anger and bad behaviour yeah. Yeah. Without, without giving anything away uh, for people who didn't see it because they haven't seen it yet, yeah. um, there is a person in the movie that, they, that you speak of often, uh, Buffalo Henry. Buffalo Henry. Bronco. Bronco, Bronco, Bronco Henry, sorry. Bronco Henry. Um, we don't see him in the movie. Did you have a vision or did you sketch out like who that was? I don't know if there was like a scene. Because I think there's yeah, a, a, I, did, I did. I mean, it was difficult sometimes to get a, an, an, an accurate fix on him uh, visually, like, you know, just to really picture his face. Mm-hmm. But um, silhouettes or movements or shapes or sounds or smells, all of those things I look for sort of triggers and sensory um, devices to kind of stimulate that and think of that and be absorbed by the memory of him with those aids and you know I would write letters to him letters that I couldn't have written and he, I, wrote, and I also wrote as him to, my, to, to Phil um, I would sit down with Jane and in character talk about him and remember him and I'd, I'd ask my subconscious to, uh, to, to, to dredge up some stuff that might give me some um, clue on him or at least something that could go into the work based around what the kind of seismic impact of that character who's so present and yet never there mm. uh, in both the book or the, or the film um, and what he meant to film um, so it was hugely important for his presence to be constant for, for, for me um, and every now and again I get a fix of his face but I think even people we know and love incredibly well it's very strange the, the tricks that memory plays on you and I used to I used to beat myself up a bit about it, like I really wanted to kind of fix him. Um, I told Jane that one time, I was like, after we'd done an exercise, I was like, I, I feel, see, his face is still a blur, and that's the problem. She went, no, you don't have to see, you know, whether he had a moustache or what his nose shape was. And, and you know, every now and again, there would be something that would come in and there were pictorial references and would be some identical of all of that, the imaginings and the observed, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, 
it's a good question and it, 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 yeah something that meant a lot to to try and understand and and, and uh, envisage uh little off topic for a minute, but you and I talk, were speaking earlier before yeah. the podcast um, that I need you back to host SNL before yeah. some time because it was one of the best episodes. Was give, give the guys a call. Um, you know, 30 Rock here. I can't, I, no, I absolutely, I'd love to do it. I would absolutely love to do it again. And um, there it is. I put it out there. Yeah, all right. There you go. So right, right now, if we have yeah, it. Yeah, Michael's if you're listening. It's... Uh, <laughs> Um, this I, had really, I had a really good time. It was such a learning curve as well. I think second time around, I don't know, maybe it's like second album syndrome. Maybe maybe there are more pitfalls, but in mm-hmm. a way, I think at least you're prepared for what the... Because it's so much insurance. I mean, hats off to people that do it endlessly or just do it so effortlessly. Uh, it's really weirdly tough. It's enjoyable, but yeah. you're, you're, going on, you're going on show on at 11 o'clock, is it? I can't yeah. remember. It's really, really late. And, and then, you know you might not have slept until like five in the morning because you do all the pre-records the night before on the day before you know some of those shoots if they're night shoots can go on literally until five in the morning and then you're coming from and you're going to yeah, exactly. yeah like oh yeah, god press stores or whatever um, so but yeah you heard it here he, he's ready to go back yeah, whenever I'm, I'm gonna text lauren i'll let yeah, him know um as we look you know with uh the electrical life louis wayne yeah uh and the the courier earlier in the year, uh, all, all and in comparison to Power of the Dog, all different performances, and I think that's what people imagine when I was asking the family question, is that they think like you just weren't home for like you know two no because yeah. like, they're really all spaced out that's exactly the thing, you know yeah. it's just they're coming home to roost because theaters are opening again yeah. and they're being able to have their life and especially the courier which is you know um, not 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 going to be streamed yet I think I, mean, I can't remember I should know I'm the producer on it but I've gone completely blank um, but you know certainly the Mauritanian for example that had a theatrical release before and anything else and um, it, it is it's true I, I had two years which was pretty back to back I really ended when we wrapped Strange but then you know I, that was what May this year hmm. maybe April I haven't done anything else since. I did well. I did some reshoots on Spider-Man. I'm going to do some reshoots on Strange. That's it. And I'm very happy to just be present to hold this moment and cherish it and watch these films come out and champion them because I, I'm super proud of them. Whether it's uh, producerally, as in the case of the Korean and the Electrical Life of Living Wayne, or, or being in front of Cameron or Four, you know, it's it's very very rare that you have this yeah. breadth of uh, challenges. Um, the difference between them all coming out so so fast cool. on the back of one another it's kind of an amazing thing uh and because you're a producer i think i, I, I you would have a very interesting take on this we have we are you know your your all your films are gonna debut in theaters and then streaming platforms and all that yeah. and there's a really i there is a there is a way for all those things to coexist in Hollywood yeah. in well, the you're industry. You're the answer to the question, and I, and I think uh, we're in the middle of it already. You, th- we? you think but we're seeing that right I now? I think. We, well, look, two things happen. Once is the one is that the pandemic really sped up the ultimate reality that streaming services were going to have a much more prevalent mm. position in how we how we consume culture, and uh, thank God for that. In the, in the sense of not being able to go to the theatre, but I think also like live music. Uh, as opposed to you know digitalization of music and the streaming services there's been a there's a ma- not a backlash but like a massive invigoration and, and re- what we're trying to say is basically people are dying to see stuff live again yeah. and theater for you is cinema you know for this culture and i think broad sweeps of europe and the rest of the world as well um, but particularly for you guys your your cinematic culture is your theater and you have great theater as well don't get me wrong but it's like being an English 
audience member in, a, in an American audience is a, is a profound uh, education. You know, it, it, it's like watching a pantomime at Christmas. You're so involved and viscerally open in your reaction, the gasps, the laughs, the cheers, the claps, the boos. It's just, it's amazing. It feels like you're having a connection with the action as if it's being played out in front of you by actors on a stage. And it really hit me that when I first started um, coming over here to promote, say, the Marvel films and how, how visceral the fan reaction is there. It's fantastic to hear that. It feels like being in the theatre, but weirdly you're sat in front of the proscenium arch watching yourself rather than being on stage. And I think like live music, there's a massive resurgence in hunger for that. And that's great. So now what we have to do is just make sure that the smaller, more eccentric, more quirky, but really profoundly influential picture houses survive. Mm-hmm. I think multiplexes are going to be all right. They might have to, you know, reduce uh, volume a little. Um, and God knows that I'm not, I don't want to get into a crystal ball conversation about this because we don't know what variants around the corner will look yeah. variant away from this all being far more difficult than it is now. Um, but I have to say, being at this festival and with the security of knowledge and the, the Security of knowledge, I mean, that, yes, it just it reduces your anxiety to know that people have been tested mm-hmm. and have had vaccines, but mainly being tested because that's the real proof that there isn't transmission going on to have proximity to people and enjoy being connected to filmmakers and audience in such an intimate way that Telluride holds. And this is my first time here. I'm just blown away by the experience. This is your first top, time here? On, yeah. On top, on top of, you know, the fact that we've been living through a pandemic of separating us and denying us that communal experience. It's really potent. I know lots of artists have talked about that, but it's the first time I've really experienced it is here. And yeah, it is my first time. I've had lots of films here, apparently. <laughs> Not being here with them. About the invitation game was here. I didn't even I didn't mean no, I must have known, but I've forgotten. And <laughs> the one I did remember was Twelve Years was here. Twelve Years of Slave was here. Awesome. Um, um do you uh do you feel like you were well prepared for the Marvel world? By the way, I interrupted your question. Did you? Did no, I no, sort no, of no, ask no, your question no, about the no, streaming no, 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 you, you answered like it. Theater, right? You I mean, answered that it is, the, that is the dilemma. Yeah, no, yeah, no, for okay. sure. Do you think you were well prepared for the Marvel like fandom world? Like when you took on Doctor Strange, do you think you really knew? what you were about to get into. I mean, I'd done this little TV show called Sherlock, which had a <laughs> pretty kind of seismic ripple in the world. I mean, it was nuts. Even the Marvel people were like, it's okay, you will not need CP in Nepal. Cut mm. to, you know, Durban Square, not long after the earthquake, when we insisted on going there to, you know, show that culture that we we, we hear you, we're with you. This place can operate as a, as a location for a film shoot. Um, but... Oh yeah, you do have televisions. You've always had televisions, and you've seen Sherlock. And they were they were blown away. I was like, I think I, it might get a bit dicey. So they, look, you're in this beard, and you're people won't. And I went, they fucking will. Yeah. And when when that starts to happen, and it was literally there's one moment of being in a car, and we were literally being rocked by the people in this alleyway who were around us, all benign, but just wanting to have a little look or a photo or just a chat or just a connection. And I, I had to get out. Of the, everyone was like, just stay in the car. And I was like, no, no, I had to get out of the car. They'll move, and they did. They were so polite, and I was waving, and then then we could actually get somewhere. You know, they were too excited to realise they were blocking the vehicle. But once I got out, they understood, and we we went off. And by the end of shooting in Durban Square, it was it was like the Pope addressing an Easter crowd at the Vatican. It was nuts. The whole place was covered. I mean, it was wonderful. I mean, I was so grateful for it to be able to be there. How else would I go to Nepal? It's you know, it, to do that job was it was a great reason, and. Oh, it was amazing. But going back to your question, 
yeah, I, I, it, that that prepared me in a way. But sure, the, 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 Sherlock the, prepared you for Marvel. Well, in a way, yeah, yeah. in a way, the ownership, you know, the thing that this this the, the sort of trajectory, which is own. Well, first of all, it's um, a Marvel. Let's call that a pun intended. Um, like this is great, and then the adoration of it, which becomes pretty intense and then the obsession with it which becomes sort of ownership and then the disappointment and then the reclaiming on both parts and the synergy and the conversation which is sort of uneasy but you know you get to a point where it's like okay it's not quite where we thought we were going as a fan base or oh it's we're, we're loving where this is going as a yeah. fan base you know so i had been on that journey a little bit already by the time not fully i think i had another series to go actually before or after strange uh the first one that is um, so it's a, sim- it's a similar dynamic but no, I mean Krista was, I was just talking earlier and she, she was saying you know on the lawn uh, the first day I was here um, kind of w- wading through jet lag and altitude sickness and <laughs> the thriller being this amazing setting and having two films to talk about and being on a panel and being uh, a little bit hungover and very sleep deprived <laughs> after a long flight and, and some celebration of Venice beforehand because we came from the Venice Film Festival to here in a heartbeat um, I, apparently, yeah, there were just these sections. There were cineasts, there were Marvel fans, and there were Sherlock fans. And you know, I'm sure there are people amongst all of those who like each and every one of those things. But it, there's a, they have their indistinct identity. So I don't want to tread on that at all um, for fear of losing my life. Um, but but there's also some synergy, I think, definitely. Um, and look, man, I'm just I'm really glad to be at the table yeah. and invited to the party. You know, it's a rich rich culture to belong to and to service an extraordinary character with a lot of potential and I'm excited I'm excited for them to see the next evolution in Spidey and and the next strange film and you know it's um, it's a wonderful ride to be on and I I hope they enjoy coming along with me uh, I have to ask you. I mean, you already touched on it. I'm, I have to ask. I know you can't say much about it because it's the way well, things work. But I wanted to know if you could just tell me the end of uh, Spider-Man: No Way <laughs> Home. I mean, just tell us like everything about it. I, I can't tell the end of it. Yeah, I can. Yeah, what what happens at the end? Yeah. <laughs> um, but is there anything you could share about it? Any like little like Aww. fun stuff? Like trailer looked great, and. Uh, and I don't like your disrespect for Benedict Wong, uh, by the way. When he Tom, tells you to do something, you got to uh, do it. Tom is, in fact, not a gymnast. He <laughs> is. Uh, he's actually, yeah. He. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. I can't even make stuff up about him. The guy's ridiculously talented. I, I, to talk about Tom, I can't really talk about what happens, obviously, but yeah. um, and where it goes. But um, oh boy, it's going to be a great film. I think. I think John Watts is a genius. Uh, all that team behind those three films are, are, are utterly brilliant and. Yeah, just it's it's, so, it's so, it'll be a lot a lot of fun. I mean, so, there'll be a lot of debate about it, I'm sure, but I mean, it's it's a daring, brilliant, brilliant concept. So let me ask you this: I interviewed Tom last year, and he said about it, he said he thinks it's the most ambitious standalone superhero movie ever made. Would you agree with that? Uh, until Doctor Strange two. <laughs> Throw it down, Tom. Throw oh. it down. Um, but yeah, yeah, for now it'll do. Yeah. It'll do. Yeah, I mean, because that's like five uh, months apart. What's that? When does Doctor Strange two come out again? Not, not long after. I mean, I think at the moment it's March. I mean, March. Like yeah. I said, who yeah. knows? Because so, of everything. So, so for four months he can hold the title. That's okay. Yeah, he can hold yeah. it for a bit. Yeah, that's good. Just a little bit. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I, you know, it, it's got, it has got great ambition, and I think it's. I, by, I mean, I haven't seen it, but uh, by all accounts, I think it's achieved it. Um, I mean, even on paper, the audacity was like, how the hell is that kind of. <laughs> But also so excited at even the opportunity of, of, of them exploring those ideas. 
so yeah I'll be really interested to see how it comes out cool. but I'm, I'm pretty certain it'll be a hit because like I said John's, John's great he's got such a light touch he's so assured though um, he's great to hang out with on set he's a real cineast he's very witty but incredibly generous and supportive everything you want in a director and he's young he's energetic uh, he gets the kids and I call myself an older person mm-hmm. to the older people um, <laughs> and, and, and he you know it's an atmosphere on that set. It's a, it's a really, it's a bonded group as well. They've, been, they've done three of them now, and yeah. beautiful working environment. I really, really enjoyed being on that set. Really did. My last question for you, yeah. uh, because I'm, I love film. And I know you love film. Mm-hmm. What do you recall the movie that did it for you? The movie that punched you in the stomach and said, "Go be an actor." Oh, well, that's Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, yeah. The most immediate go-to movie for me, not, and this doesn't answer your question exactly, but like a punch in the gut moment for me was was watching 2001 Space Odyssey for the first time. And with a brilliant director called Andrew Birkin, who'd worked as like a T-boy on it, but had ended up doing some of the second unit stuff over the landscape that was then decolored for the whole mm-hmm. sort of uh, rebirth Dawn of Man sequence in the end. Um, not Dawn of Man, the, the end sequence, the... the, the what's it called? I can't even remember now. I wrote a dissertation about this and I can't remember. <laughs> it was a while ago. Um... That amazing psychedelic sequence where uh, the consciousness of the conscience of man is evolved, um, the doors of perception moment, and to have both the experience of watching the film, but then the discussion of it afterwards, and realizing how profound the philosophy of a piece of entertainment can be—that it's true art, mm-hmm. that it's crafted at its highest level. I mean, everything. I became obsessed with it, like the fact that he, you know. He developed materials with NASA ahead of mm-hmm. Armstrong stepping on the moon and Armstrong himself saying, I felt like I'd kind of been there before having watched 2001 Space Odyssey. Um, you know, the whole thing of that uh, aspect of it, Doug Trumbull's camera work, all, all of it, the set designs, but um, at its heart, just quite how extraordinarily philosophically impactful it is to sort of talk about humankind, I guess in a slightly... Uh, well, no, in a very, in a very pessimistic way to, to a degree, but with hope of change that we are we've only evolved our weapons and our ability to throw junk further into space, basically. Mm. Trash. Uh, it's, it's quite a pessimistic worldview, but then at the end there is this hope that alien intelligence will help us make an evolutionary step towards a new consciousness. That's kind of profoundly, extraordinarily hopeful. And echoed in, in, in Denis Villeneuve's Arrival, which was another film that just had such emotional beauty as well as um, conceptual beauty and, and, and craft in it. Um, acting, acting, schmacting, whacting. Uh, so many films, so many films. Um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, The Shining again for Jack. I mean, I think Jack did Chinatown, Jesus, what a film. And uh, I would say uh, Five Easy Pieces as well. I mean, there's all Jack Nicholson as well. But um, he had a huge influence on me. So we gotta get you to work with Jack then, is it? Work anyway. with Jack. We'll get him out of retirement. It'll oh, work. No, well, uh, well, no listen. I, 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 I would say, well, no, a couple more. I'd say, oh, you mean, oh, wait, no, no, let me think. Um, oh, uh, 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 it was a dog day afternoon. Um, I mean, really, that amazing period of the, the 70s, 70s, the 70s, yeah, 70s yeah. when the East Coast boys came over and took, took the studio system to yeah. town and created really character driven esoteric work uh, blue studio budgets apart with things like Apocalypse Now and, uh, what was the what the, the Chimino film that was oh, what was it called I can't remember now but just um, uh, you know and 
Yeah, I was very lucky growing up. I, I, I didn't I didn't watch a huge amount, but it all had a massive impact. But I mean, you know, as far as the stuff that I was allowed to watch and culturally into, I grew up in a great era of cinema. You yeah. know, the 80s was fantastic. The 90s and 80s was just great. And whether it was Back to the Future and Ghostbusters and uh, um, the Indiana Jones films and the Star Wars films, I, all of that was just... There was great work at every level in that, even though it was... Pop culture and entertainment. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's great. No, great yeah. stuff. Uh, listen, thank you for taking this time with me. I promise. No, no, no. I'll talk to you all day. The last thing I just have to tell you, I promised uh, social media is a terrible place, typically. <laughs> However, I, go I know. I... However, I have said this publicly and I, to- and I told them I would tell you this if oh, I ever got okay. to interview you. Okay. Your, I'm, I'm myself. your fan base, yes. and they're called many different things, yes. Yes, I know. are by far the best fan base. They're not as toxic when 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 they hear of you and they like they they're just so proud a of very that. very that's... nice group of of well I mean they adore you in a way I don't think I love my children as much as they love you <laughs> oh, but they are a very good group and you have a very good loyal fan base I had to tell you that well that's them but it makes me very proud uh, see, like a parent uh, you raise I mean, them well I raise them well I've taught them well. <laughs> Given them everything I've got, and uh, it's turned out nicely. <laughs> My children are doing well. No, seriously, that that is that's really heartwarming to hear because it's. I know what you mean. It coming, incredibly toxic place. I mean, I, I'm not on it, and partly, partly like to just disguise myself and go. I haven't even got a fake Instagram account. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I took my stuff off Facebook years and years ago. I mean, yeah. well before this happened. You know what I mean? And it looks like a lot of work and a lot of anxiety and. You, I know. I understand. At the same time, you get great rewards out of it. There's huge amounts of communication and sharing, and I'm not aloneness. And just like you can bring a lot of support into your life and yeah. and realize who you are and find your voice and your purpose. And that's great. It's great. Everyone can have a platform. This is fantastic. Um, I also know that I'd be pretty terrible if I had any more of a platform than I already got. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm quite busy. With you, the you're doing well. So I think you. Okay. I think I'm fine. Yeah. But thank you, uh, Benedict. You're welcome. Thank thank you. We'll see you more. That's actor and producer Benedict Cumberbatch. The Courier is now available to rent and purchase on Blu-ray DVD. The Power of the Dog opens in theaters on November 17th before streaming on Netflix November 24th. The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne opens in limited release on October 22nd before streaming on Amazon Prime on November 5th. Spider-Man No Way Home will be released in theaters on December 17th. And Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is currently scheduled for March 25th, 2022. And that's it for this bonus edition of Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, Head to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis. We'll see you on the circuit. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.